Imagine being an ocean explorer, navigating through tumultuous seas, seeking hidden treasures. Full of uncertainty, risk, and potential rewards, huh? Exactly. It's a perfect analogy for startup investing. And like navigating uncharted waters, you need a reliable compass, right? That's right, Natalie. A compass for investing could be your investment strategies. They guide you through the volatile world of startups, helping you make decisions about where to invest, in which sector, and when. And I suppose the ocean's currents and weather conditions could be equivalent to the market conditions and trends affecting these investments. Absolutely, Natalie. And just as an explorer must be prepared to encounter storms, investors must be ready for market downturns and failing startups. But there's always the potential of discovering that one elusive treasure. Or in the investment world, a unicorn startup. Indeed. Discovering a unicorn startup can make all the uncertainty, the risk, and the turbulent voyage worth it. Sprinkle your investments around, as the saying goes, is the cornerstone of the diversification strategy in startup investing. Hmm? So basically, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Exactly, Natalie. It's about spreading your investments across different startups, sectors, even geographies to manage risk. Maybe like opening food trucks in different neighborhoods? Nice analogy, Natalie. Yes, that's the basics of a diversification strategy. Don't focus on just one startup or sector. Invest in several. This way, if one sector is struggling, other sectors in your portfolio could potentially prosper, essentially playing off each other to reduce overall risk. Sounds good, but how does it compare to traditional investing? Great question. Compared to traditional investing, diversification can be particularly valuable in the startup world due to its inherent volatility. In the realm of established businesses, diversification significantly reduces risk without diminishing returns. Whereas in startup investing, the potential for high returns is substantial, but the risk is also much higher. That's why spreading out investments can mitigate such high risks. So high risk, potentially high rewards. But what could be some of the downsides to diversification? One major challenge is information overload. The more diverse your investment portfolio, the more startups you must track. This can be troublesome, time-consuming, and could lead to losing sight of potential issues in a startup's management or financials. But wouldn't the rewards outweigh the risks? Especially when you can discover that next big startup offering revolutionary technology or service? Well, that's the ultimate goal, Natalie. Diversification strategy in startup investing aims for the same, to discovering that unicorn. But it requires significant industry knowledge, research, and a knack for spotting potential before they become obvious to all. An all-eggs-in-one-basket situation can be risky. Exactly. Let's talk about how successful investors have avoided that. Good idea. Let's take the case of Startup Incubator, a venture capital firm in South Asia. Their portfolios had a balanced representation across e-commerce, AI, and agri-tech, with substantial investments in Indonesia, Singapore, and Malaysia. And how did that work out? Interestingly, they had success across all sectors. A significant part they got right was investing in rising startup ecosystems like Indonesia. But their real win was their bet on AI, which gave them an industry leader in AI tech. So they distributed their investments geographically as well? Absolutely. They leaned into economies with solid startup potentials while avoiding markets considered oversaturated. Wow, such a keen eye for potential. 
But how did they deal with everything moving so quickly? It was challenging. Their key advantage was a committed research team that masterfully understood trends and stayed ahead of the curve. Together with their ability to act swiftly, they mitigated risks inherent to startup investing. You mean while chasing unicorns, they were avoiding potential landmines? Exactly. Inherent risks are part of startup investing, but successful investors like Startup Incubator manage these by intelligently spreading their risk without sacrificing the potential for a big payoff. Talking of aggressive growth, Charlotte, how different is it from diversification? Well, Natalie, a key difference between the two approaches lies in risk tolerance and investment concentration. Diversification spreads investment across various startups to mitigate the risk of a single failure. However, an aggressive growth strategy focuses on a few high-risk, high-return investments rather than diversifying. Sounds like the bet big win big philosophy? Precisely. Investors following this approach pour significant capital into startups which they believe can become the next unicorns. It's essentially about identifying and betting on high-potential startups, but it's obviously not as easy as it sounds. Definitely challenging. But has it paid off for any investors? Oh yes, for many. Take the case of Rocket Invest, for instance. They invested almost exclusively in a couple of AI and IoT startups during their early days. Those startups later became industry leaders, creating substantial returns for Rocket Invest. That's a risky business, right? Absolutely, Natalie. While the returns can be tremendous, the risks associated with this strategy are high as well. If the chosen companies fail, the losses could be significant. Venturing into the unknown isn't easy. The thrill and the fear both are real. Indeed, it's a roller coaster ride, but these investors thrive on such challenges. They have a deep understanding of the market and a team of experts to back their decisions. Pivoting. Let's talk about how market conditions affect an aggressive growth strategy. Count me in, Charlotte. Investors must be like sailors navigating through the stormy seas of the startup ecosystem, right? Nice analogy, Natalie. The market conditions are like the weather the sailor needs to deal with. When the technology sector is booming and the overall economy is growing, it acts as a tailwind for startups. It's the wind that pushes the sail and drives the ship forward. So the startup can ride on the wave of positive market conditions. Absolutely, Natalie. The startup can get pushed forward with less effort when the market condition is favorable. However, the tricky part is, like the capricious weather, market trends are hard to predict. Got it. So when the market is unpredictable or not so favorable, it's like sailing into headwinds, making the journey rough and challenging. Exactly. Especially during economic downturns, the startup's progress might slow considerably, or they might even face setbacks. And remember, aggressive growth strategy-based startups usually need a large continual investment to fuel their growth. And it's riskier to invest huge amounts in unfavorable conditions. Indeed, just like in sailing, sometimes the aggressive path might not be the fastest one. Successful startup investors are those who can anticipate market trends and tailor their strategies keeping these variables in mind. So Charlotte, after all we've discussed about in aggressive growth strategies, it still appears risky, especially in an unpredictable market. How does one deal with such a risk? That's where balance comes into play, Natalie. A balanced approach to startup investment is about creating a portfolio that combines high-risk, high-return prospects, and safer, stable investments. This is intended to cushion losses from high-risk investments with steady returns from the safer bets.
Oh, I see. It's like preparing a multi-course meal then. You balance out the strong flavors with some mild ones. Exactly. But it's not as simple as it sounds. Striking a balance can be pretty tough given the volatile nature of the startup ecosystem. What one investor sees as a balanced portfolio might seem overly risky or overly conservative to another. Hmm, it's like when I balance the tangy and sweet flavors in a dish. It's perfect for some, but others might find it too sour or too sugary. Yes, it's all about personal preference, tolerances, and what you're comfortable with. And just like in cooking, experience plays a key role. If you have invested in startups for a while, you may have developed a gut feeling about when to take high risks and when to be conservative. Over time, you learn to read the market and navigate the high seas of startup investing with more confidence, making your journey relatively safer despite the ups and downs. Right. Experience is the best teacher, as they say. This balanced approach does make sense, particularly when the future can be so uncertain. True. Risk is inherent in startup investing. But with a balanced portfolio, we're not putting all our eggs in one basket. Depending on market conditions, some startups in the portfolio may not perform as well as we hope. Having a mix of investments then can offset the influence of poor performers and protect our portfolio overall. Okay, so likening it back to my own journey, I need to serve up more varied dishes, not just focus on, say, spicy dishes just because they are currently crowd favorites. Now I truly appreciate this strategy. It's not easy, but then nothing ever is, right? Indeed. Investing, like cooking, requires a well-rounded approach. It's a continuous process of learning, experimenting, balancing, and adapting to the changing taste of the consumers, or in this case, the market. A roller coaster, but surely a ride worth taking. We discussed balancing out the strong and mild flavors in our startup investment portfolio. However, theory aside, how does this unfold in real life? I'm curious about that. Could you share some successful cases? Certainly. Consider the case of Index Ventures, an international venture capital firm. They have historically followed a balanced investing strategy with a diversified portfolio that has a mix of high-potential, risk-laden startups and more stable, lower-risk ventures that promise steady returns. In the risky category, their bet on the peer-to-peer -peer money transferring company, TransferWise, was highly rewarding. Initially, TransferWise was an untested concept in a competitive fintech landscape, but it has grown massively and is proving to be a highly successful investment. On the safer side made by Index Ventures are investments in high-growth yet stable companies like Etsy and Slack, which have well-established business models and a robust customer base, thus offering stability. Wow. Striking a balance like that certainly seems to be rewarding. But don't investors often swing one way or the other? going all in on high potential, or playing it safe with low-risk startups? Certainly, Natalie. The balanced investing strategy isn't everyone's cup of tea. It takes a lot of experience and skill to get it right, but when done right, the results can be rewarding. You see, it's about securing your investment, reducing the overall risk while still leaving room for potential high returns. So similar to a well-composed dish, it's not just about putting the ingredients together— but understanding the properties each ingredient brings and using this knowledge to create the perfect blend. A lot harder than it looks, I guess? Absolutely. It's a balancing act, and just like in gastronomy, it's about experience and knowledge. But, as the Index Ventures success shows, 
It's a recipe worth mastering. Speaking of investment strategies, have you come across the term consolidation, Natalie? Consolidation? I think it's more about focusing rather than diversifying. Precisely. It essentially involves focusing funds into one or a few carefully selected startups. The core idea is that generating substantial returns from a single successful startup could outweigh the gains from many minimally successful ones. I can see the appeal, but it sounds pretty risky. Indeed it is. However, in optimal scenarios, consolidation could prove to be highly rewarding. Consider, for example, the venture capitalist Peter Thiel. He rolled the dice and made a significant investment in Facebook during its early stages. This, as we know, paid off handsomely. Such a return would be difficult to achieve with a more diversified portfolio. So, for someone like me, who's just getting started, do you think consolidation would be a suitable strategy? It might be a bit advanced for beginners. It requires you to not only have confident faith in an idea, but also to be ready for massive failures. It's a high-risk, high-reward strategy. It's more suitable when you have a deep understanding of the startup market, industry knowledge, and insight into the startup's potential. But regardless, it does add to your strategic arsenal and might be worth keeping on your radar as you grow. Charlotte, can you mention some differences between market-driven and product-driven investing? Sure, Natalie. A product-driven approach prioritizes the product itself and its uniqueness to create value. This means the focus is essentially on the uniqueness and capability of the product and its market. On the other hand, a market-driven approach prioritizes the size, growth, and purchasing power of the market over the product. So investors using this strategy are more focused on trends, competition, and customer behavior. They'd invest in a startup if they believe the market has potential for high growth regardless of the particular product that the startup has. But how can we identify a market-driven startup? Good question. Firstly, these startups are often quick to pivot according to market demands. They listen to customer feedback and are willing to change or adapt their product to better serve their market. Secondly, they have strategies to understand their markets and devise plans to capture a significant share of it. They're usually guided by market needs and trends, rather than just pushing their product. And for investment, how can we exploit these market trends? To exploit market trends, you need to stay on top of them. Monitor the shift in market needs, behaviors, and technologies. This allows you to make timely decisions and capture the movement's momentum. Additionally, investing in market-driven startups could potentially yield significant returns if you accurately identify a growing and profitable market. Remember, though, that the market can be unpredictable so the risk element is still present. Sounds like a balancing act with the trends, risks, and rewards. Let's tackle trend-driven investing, shall we? Absolutely. Just like the term implies, trend-driven investing focuses on startups that aim to capitalize on emerging industry trends. Investors using this strategy are forward-thinking individuals who bet on startups that are ready to ride and potentially lead the wave of an emerging trend. Is it like getting in on cryptocurrency or e-commerce when it was just starting? Exactly. Those are classic examples of trends that led to successful startups. But it's not as simple as it sounds. You see, the tricky part about this investment strategy is correctly identifying genuine trends versus mere fads. Wow. So there's definitely a risk of mistiming or missing the trend altogether, right? Absolutely. To minimize these risks, 
investors must have a deep understanding of the industry and be adept at interpreting market signals. This requires staying on top of news, market developments, and consumer behavior. Despite these challenges, the potential rewards make trend-driven investing an appealing strategy. And when an investor gets it right, the market-driven momentum can generate significant returns. Sounds like a high-stakes game. Can you share some real-world cases of trend-driven investments? Certainly. A successful example of trend-driven investment is the rise of ride-sharing companies. Despite the naysayers, early investors in companies like Uber and Lyft saw the potential in ride-sharing as an industry trend and reaped the benefits of their foresight. But on the flip side, think about the 3D printing hype from a few years back. Investors got excited and poured money into 3D printing startups, but it turned out to be more of a fad than a trend, diminishing returns down the line. I see. Obviously, this strategy isn't for everyone and involves considerable risk. As an entrepreneur, though, I guess it's worth considering if my startup can tap into a larger trend. That's one way to look at it. But remember, this strategy requires swiftness, dexterity, and an eye for developments that could become substantial trends. It's essential for investors to balance their portfolio. Trend-driven investing can form part of a diversified strategy as they continue to invest in startups with more traditional, product-led approaches. Now, imagine investing in a startup that's not only profitable but also contributes to society. Sounds like the best of both worlds, right? Seems like a win-win. So you're referring to impact investing, right? Yes, exactly. Impact investing is rooted in the idea of creating social or environmental impact alongside financial returns. It's an investment strategy that's been gaining traction, particularly in the world of startups. Sounds like a noble cause. But how do you measure something as subjective as impact? That's a great question, Natalie. Evaluating impact isn't straightforward. The assessment usually involves measuring the social or environmental outcomes of the startup's operations. This could be in terms of carbon emissions reduced, jobs created in underserved communities, waste reduced, and so on. Each impact investor may have their unique set of metrics based on their investment goals. Wow. So it really goes beyond just the financials. It sounds complex but compelling. It is. And like any investment strategy, it comes with challenges. Impact investing requires a deep understanding of both the investment landscape and the social or environmental cause you're supporting. It also requires the rollout of robust impact measurement systems which can be resource-intensive. But remember, at the end of the day, investing should align with your values and investment objectives. For some, the appeal of impact investing lies in being part of a greater cause while also reaping financial rewards. It's not for everyone, but it's indeed a strategy worth considering. Taking into account the complexities we discussed, let's talk about impact investment in actuality. What does it look like when applied successfully? Let's consider the case of D-Light. Wait, is that the company offering solar lighting solutions to places where electricity is scarce? Right, Natalie. You see, when D-Light started, their goal was to replace unsafe and expensive kerosene lamps with affordable solar lanterns in off-grid areas. Their products have impacted the lives of millions, reducing CO2 emissions and enabling nighttime study for students. And how has their financial performance been? Well, Natalie, D-Light's achievements have attracted over $125 million in funding, servicing 100 million users across 70 countries. 
Clearly, their product hit the sweet spot of impact and profit, demonstrating the potential of impact investment. It seems like a remarkable balance, one that not many can strike. How can startups ensure such double bottom line performance? That's a complexity. Impact startups must find a balance between social, environmental impact and financial sustainability. The key is to integrate measurable impact goals with a sound business model, as DD Light did. Remember, every investor might have their unique metrics. Surpass this journey, and impactful investments can truly change the landscape. Segwaying from the myriad investment strategies we've examined thus far, it's worthwhile to now focus on the successful pioneers in the field. What exactly do they do differently? Good point, Charlotte. Do you think there's a common thread that runs through successful startup investors? Yes, Natalie. Based on the extensive research, successful investors tend to employ a blend of strategies depending on the nature of the startup, market trends, and macroeconomic factors. However, they also stand out due to certain unique yet consistent practices. Intriguing. Could you elaborate more on these practices? Certainly. One practice is diligent due diligence, going beyond teaming technicalities to get a good feel of the team and their vision. More importantly, successful investors watch for the founder's response to rapid market changes and how they adapt their business models. Their agility and risk appropriateness are often the real indicators of their potential. That sounds incredibly insightful, Charlotte. I can imagine the level of commitment and meticulousness it demands, especially considering the unpredictable startup environment. That's right, Natalie. Another practice is having a laser-focused investment thesis and sticking to it, resisting deviation due to hype or FOMO. Remember the story of investor David S. Rose when he recounted his strategy of investing only in internet-based businesses and lamented, allowing one emotional investment leading to a major loss? Yes, I remember. So ruling with your heart in investing can lead to heavy losses then? Yes, it can. Investing solely based on emotional enthusiasm without factoring in objective data is a common pitfall. Lastly, successful investors build a diverse portfolio across regions, sectors, and stages to balance their risks and maximize probabilities of hitting a unicorn. Thanks for sharing those strategies, Charlotte. They truly sound like measures that could help potential investors navigate the rugged landscape of startup investing. I hope so, Natalie. It's certainly not an easy realm to navigate, but having these guiding principles along with the resilience to learn from each investment surely paves the way to success. Charlotte, there seem to be many misconceptions about startup investing, too. Any one of those you'd want to debunk, especially for our listeners? All startups are surefire paths to wealth. Here's a widespread myth. It's crucial to remember that, while startup investing has the potential for remarkable returns, it also comes with high risk. Many startups fail, and investors can lose their entire investment. But that should not deter potential investors. Instead, it should emphasize the importance of thorough homework and strategic planning. True, understanding risks is crucial. Are there any other myths? You need to be super rich. Another common myth I have come across. While it's true that startup investments require more capital than traditional forms of investing, many platforms now allow accredited investors to participate with relatively manageable sums. It's all about investor readiness and smart decision-making. That's reassuring for many. I've also heard that investing in startups equates to thinking with your heart, 
Your thoughts, Charlotte? Investing in startups can often be emotionally driven, especially when the startup story or mission resonates with you. That said, while your emotions add a layer of personal satisfaction, they should not drive your investment decisions. Always ground your investments on data, trends, and market potential. So it's balancing heart and head. Got it. Do you think psychology also plays into investing decisions? Absolutely, Natalie. In fact, psychological aspects like patience, resilience, and cognitive flexibility play significant roles in investment decisions. Additionally, successful investors build strong networks, often finding their next big thing through connections. You have to be certain, ready, and connected all at the same time. Natalie, we spent our time today dissecting diverse investment strategies applicable in the volatile seas of startup investing. Just like the compass on my wrist, they serve as navigational tools, keeping one on course amidst turbulence. Exactly, Charlotte. Dive into these waters without a well-crafted strategy and you might find yourself swept away by the currents. But with calculated maneuvers, the chances of finding that hidden treasure or unicorn startup are significantly enhanced. True. And it's important to understand that each investor might have a unique compass or strategy that works for them. Whether that compass points towards diversification, growth, consolidation, or impact investing, it should align with one's personal risk tolerance, financial goals, and even values. Agreed. Also, I'd like to remind our listeners that the importance of a balanced approach cannot be overstated. As a cook, I understand that adding too much of one ingredient can spoil the entire dish. Similarly, in investing, maintaining that balance can be the key to mitigate risks and yield long-term returns. Well said, Natalie. Startup investing is not a one-size-fits-all game. Each investor needs to discover their own unique recipe for success, marinated in research, baked with patience, and garnished with resilience. Don't be dissuaded by the challenges. Embrace the uncertainty and keep investing.